you wanted the best, you've got the best podcast. The hottest, hottest. podcast in the world. In the world. The Chris Voss Show, the preeminent podcast with guests so smart you may experience serious brain bleed. Get ready, get ready. Strap yourself in. Keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the vehicle at all times because you're about to go on a monster education roller coaster with your brain. Now, here's your host, Chris Voss. Hi, folks. It's Voss here from thechrisvossshow.com. The Chris Voss Show. Com. Hey, we're coming here with another great podcast. We certainly appreciate you turning in today uh, to the podcast so you can see all the wonderful things we have. We've got a really prolific author on the podcast today. I, I think you're going to be excited to see her newest book, and she's written a whole ton of books. So uh, we'll get into that here in a bit, but be sure to go to all of your links, goodreads.com forward slash Chris Voss. Uh, you can also see the Chris Voss show or reading and reviewing over there. You can also go to facebook.com forward slash the Chris Voss show. There's a bunch of other groups on Facebook as well as LinkedIn. Uh, there's like 135 thousand member group on linkedin if you want to check that out and also to see the video version of this you can go to youtube.com for just chris voss hit the bell notification you get that latest technology of video streams right to your phone for free for an unlimited time check that out as well and this episode is brought to you by ifi audio and their new neo idsd the neo is the new wave of digital sound listening for your desktop music gaming and bleeding edge bluetooth even mqa audio file decoding uh we're using it in the studio right now i've loved my experience with it so far it just makes everything sound so much more richer and better and takes things to the next level ifi audio is an award-winning audio tech company with one aim in mind to improve your music enjoyment of quality sound eradicate noise distortion and hiss from your listening experience Check out their new incredible lineup of DACs and audio enhancement devices at ifi-audio.com. Today, we have an amazing, amazing author uh, with us. Uh, she has written the newest book, uh, Every Last Secret. I'll hold it up for those of you watching on the YouTube channels on the video things. Her name is... Alessandra Tori. She's an award-winning New York Times bestselling author of more than 20, count them, count them all, 20 novels. She's been featured in such publications as L and L-U-K, as well as guest blog for the Huffington Post and RT Book Reviews. She is also the bedroom blogger for Cosmopolitan.com. Uh, welcome to the show, Alessandra. How are you? I'm fantastic. Couldn't be better. Thank you for having me. Awesome sauce. So you've written a ton of novels and uh, we should, I should probably clarify because I introduced you as your name that you use in your romance novels, but in this, mm -hmm. this, this rendition, it's a little different, the A.R. Tory. So uh, give us your plugs so people can find you on the webs and maybe explain what's going on with your namesake here, I guess, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> absolutely absolutely so online you can find me as alessandra um and i'm pretty much everywhere you could be i'm really active on goodreads um and binge books and um and instagram is my favorite um social media platform of the, of the hour but um this book is under ar tory and if you look up ar tory you aren't going to find a whole lot because uh she's a quiet pen name but um, most of my novels are romance novels, but I've been moving more and more into suspense. And Every Last Secret is a psychological and domestic thriller. So that's what it's classified as. 
So what's great. Do you want me to go into what it's about or no? Go ahead. I'll let you just okay. run with it. <laughs> it. Just a quick elevator pitch on Every Last Secret. It's about um, two neighboring couples. And what happens is their lives get more and more intertwined. And the relationship between the two wives becomes more and more toxic as one woman turns um, darker and darker. It, it opens with a murder investigation and then um, bounces back and forth from, you know, three months earlier to all the events leading up to that investigation. So it is a suspense novel. Murder. Murder, you say? <laughs> I don't know what movie that's dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun. I should have like a thing for that. Um, so you're, you're like the best of both worlds. You got romance, you got the big romance collection, and then you've got the murder suspense collection. It, you've been doing uh, the romance for quite a long time, much longer than the, uh, su the suspense novels. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah. So I started um, publishing and writing eight years ago, and mm -hmm. I was always a reader. That was all I never thought about being a writer. It wasn't like a lifelong dream or something I went to school for, but I kind of fell into it and I wrote my first novel and I really expected to write a suspense novel because that's what I read. I had never ever read a romance novel. It wasn't anything that interested me, but when I sat down to write my first book, this romance novel comes out. And at the time 50 shades of gray was just like popping and EL James was making a million dollars a day. And, um, uh, I, there, I suddenly had this romance novel on my hands. So I self published it and it ended up just absolutely taking off and got me an agent and a publisher. And then I had this audience that wanted another romance novel. So before I knew it, <laughs> now, eight years later, <laughs> I uh, have 20 romance novels. And um, But suspense is really my love. It's really where my heart is. Um, so I've been wanting to move my career in that direction. Mm -hmm. And this is my first, um, well, it's not really my first big book, but I think this will be my breakout book for suspense. Awesome sauce. It's been getting great reviews. Uh, are you are you just basically moving from a genre of like romance and then you want to kill them or something like that? I don't know. You know going well, <laughs> in romance, I have very specific rules I have to go by, right? So I mm. can't like halfway through the book kill the heroine and i can't you know make her bad and i you know i can't i can't have her kill her husband i have i have to have certain guidelines right and at the end it has to be a happy ending and that makes it really hard to be unpredictable and that's as a reader i hate predictable books like that that's the one thing i never want as a reader so it's hard it's a challenge to keep readers on their toes in romance with suspense. I can do anything I want. It's like, I suddenly have this open field with no rules. And, um, if I want everyone to die at the end, I can, you know, <laughs> or if I want everyone to live. So I love that. I love that arena and I'll still write romance novels. I'm not going to leave romance novels, but, um, but I will hopefully be more 50, 50. Sounds good. I mean, I was going to say that's the story of every one of my relationships where one of my exes has wanted to, you know, they love me and then they want to kill me at the end. So let's get into this book, some of the details. I mean, this is this is kind of uh, interesting stuff. So uh, where did you get the story from that motivated you want to uh, tell this story? Yeah, the story it, ideas come from everywhere. This one um, was easy and fresh because it was I was basically living through it. Not not as one of the main characters, but if if this was a book, I would have been the side friend 
you know, who chimed in helpful information whenever the reader wanted to know it. That's what, that's what I would have been. Um, I had a very close friend whose husband started to become involved with a woman who really turned kind of psychotic and become, became obsessed with her and him and stalking them. And, um, and it was a married woman. Um, so the, um, I lived kind of through that roller coaster of emotions. And it was just one of those, like, it was heartbreaking for me to participate in for my friend. But at the same time, I was like, oh my gosh, like this needs to be a book because there's so <laughs> many emotions here. And really, I understand why in the heat of passion, people kill people, right? Because yeah. um, there's just what's more, I mean, you're protecting the life that you want and the life that you have. Um, and so, so it was a great setting for a book. And I took that framework and those emotions. And then I just let my imagination run wild. And it was great. It was it was almost it was therapeutic. I mean, I wasn't the one going through that, but, um, but I worked a lot with my friend on drafts and going through things. And, um, I think it was great for us both. There you go. I mean, what sometimes truth is stranger than fiction, right? Yeah. <laughs> a lot of times. Yeah. I, I've never had anybody obsessed with me where, where they, they, uh, I don't know, they want to take over and dominate my life and, and then maybe, maybe want to kill me if that's, I don't know if it's in the book, but we'll, we have to read it to find out, I guess. Um, but this is really interesting. So they just, they start out as like, uh, friendly neighbors or good friends and then mm -hmm. things kind of take that dark turn. Yeah, they start out as friendly neighbors. Um, we have like a golden couple, um, that has everything. They're fabulously wealthy. You know, they have, this huge mansion and estate and house staff and Ferraris in the garage. And um, a couple moves in next door into the like tear down property next door <laughs> and start renovating it. And um, the wife of that couple works for the husband of the golden couple. Oh. And so um, as she's a new hire, so as um, she starts getting closer to him at work, uh, she starts inserting herself more and more in their lives. And she really sees the life that she wants, you know, mm -hmm. um, and it's almost the man is there. I mean, um, and she does is going after the man, but it's really more her wanting to take everything from the other wife. And it's this like competitive um, toxic relationship that grows as she becomes more and more obsessed with the other couple. Um, wow. And then, but it, there's a twist. There's a lot going on that you aren't aware of as a reader um, until, until it all unfolds. So it's, it gives you that summation, that sort of experience mm -hmm. with who's that guy who used to write all those wonderful films. We had a gals writing for him right now on, on the thing. Uh, M night Charlemagne. Yeah. And uh, I haven't yeah. heard his name in a while. I don't know why. He's Maybe working on something. Show. We had one of uh, a writers who's working with him on a project uh, on the show. She did a comic series. But uh, uh, so this is pretty cool. Uh, and uh, it sounds like a lot of fun, too, because uh, number one, it goes down some twists. But it it's uh, uh, the New York Times bestseller author. Taryn Fisher, if I say this right, I devoured every seductive word exceptional. Do you find like a lot of your uh, romance novel? readers your audience cross over to your suspense novels they do a lot of them do um i published a book the ghost rider a few years ago and that was my first strictly 
no romance, no romance whatsoever. And when I was writing it and pre-promoting it and letting them know, I was getting so many questions like, is there a romance? And I'd say no. And they're like, just a little romance. I said, no romance at all. There's not a single, there's no kiss. There's no romance at all. And they're all kind of like, ah, but then they all bought it when it came out. And that ended up being for many of them, their favorite book of mine. So, um, yeah, so it's a pretty loyal community and they'll, they'll wander outside the genre a lot of times because so many romance readers read an enormous amount. I mean, they really do. And sometimes they get burnout. Sometimes they want to change. So it's nice that, and Taryn Fisher is another author. Um, she really came into prominence with her book, the wives in the last year. And she kind of like me got in that romance rut because there was an audience and there was a thing, but this is suspense is where she belongs to. So I'm really excited to see her books take off. That's pretty cool. You're just going to have like two, two huge things. You'll be like, <laughs> if that, 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 uh, that gal who wrote, uh, what was that? Uh, well, uh, JD Witching... Robb and Nora Roberts. Those are both, mm-hmm. they're the same person. Mm-hmm. And she, and a lot of readers don't even know that the publisher's, don't share that, which I think they should, because I think readers would follow her. There you go. Well, that's really cool that you have that. Um, so, uh, any, uh, anything you want to divulge about the book to tease us, to tease the reader to want to go out and buy it? Um, like to, is there any good teases you want to throw out? Oh, good teases. Let's see. I don't know. It's been really well received. It's hard because those but... might give it away, right? I know. I'm trying not to give away, but it's a domestic suspense. It's good for, I mean, I have a lot of males. Um, it's live now. It already has 4,000 reviews um, wow. and we're in day two, but it, um, a lot of the reviews, I read every review that I can find. Amazon hides a lot of them, but I read every review that I can find. And a lot of reviews are from men, which I always love to see. Wow. Um, and one made me laugh the other day. He said, I never read books by women because I don't like them. But I thought A.R. Tori was a guy and I read the book <laughs> and I ended up really liking it. <laughs> so, so my pen name helped me out with that. That's one. interesting. Um, so, but I think it'll appeal to, to anybody who likes a great story and a, and a good dynamic. And if you don't read cheating books, because a lot of romance readers don't read books that have cheating. Um, yeah, uh, it, everybody pays for their sins in the end. So it's, um, so it's a great those are always the those are the good ones. Whereas there's the uh, you know karma comes around or whatever. Um, do so. This is pretty awesome. Men like the book. I was going to ask you, you know, how much how much uh, do 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 you find that men consume a lot of romance novels? Or no, no? I mean four percent of my audience is men, um, mm. and I don't. And I, there aren't. It's not a big audience um, mm-hmm. for for romance. Uh, and suspense, I believe suspense is also a lot of female. I think readers in general, there are more female readers than men um, because uh, my publicist was telling me the other day that, um, not my publicist, one of the marketing assistants was telling me that um, in the mystery and suspense field, it's mostly women readers too, but it's not like romance where it's 97%. Yeah. Um, so Women are yeah, smarter than male, male readers, but women are smarter than men. You guys read. We, <laughs> we just look at pictures in the centerfolds. And go, oh, that's what that is. Um, the uh, so uh, you started out self-publishing. You've become a successful author. Um, there's some other projects you're working on too. I think we talked pre-show about your AI project. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? 
Absolutely. So um, Authors AI is um, the tech startup that um, I'm CEO of and co-founder. And we got together with um, a group of data scientists and 120 best-selling authors and created um, a company. And it's doing really exciting things in the world, in the field of AI, specifically AI and fiction. So AI has been wandering closer and closer to our industry in recent years. And it goes in a few different ways. Um, some companies are using artificial intelligence to actually write articles and stories. Um, we are not in that camp. That's not what we um, are interested in or support. We use artificial intelligence to read novels and to point out um, different things about them. So um, one side of our business helps authors improve their novels by um, comparing, you know, um, showing them their plot arc and their pacing and different oh, wow. elements of the story in a different way. So mm -hmm. uh, it's not, it's the type of view and opinion you would get from a developmental editor versus something like Grammarly that's like a line editor. So mm -hmm. um, it takes a much deeper dive and it can actually read your story and understand it like a reader would. It can wow. tell you if your, if your villain is too friendly or, um, you know, if your plot uh, twists are too close together or too spread out or things like that and what your pacing is like and at what point in your book, the reader is probably going to set it down and walk away. So it's mm -hmm. really fascinating. Um, the technology is over a decade in the making. Um, and our co one of our co-founders is Dr. Matt Jockers, who is co-author of the bestseller code. So if you're a novelist or a reader, either way, it's a fascinating book if you haven't read the bestseller code. Um, but they, back then that book was published four years ago. Um, there was a technology that identified commonalities in best-selling novels and really what is the code to a bestseller and is there a magic equation, you know, so it's a really interesting book. And so that's, that's part of the business. The other half is we've built a reader community called binge books that just launched, um, a week and a half ago. And, um, we've already got thousands of readers who have signed up and are finding books. So it's a book discovery site. So if you're looking for, you know, an epic fantasy novel or any fiction genre, we have all fiction genres. We have hundreds um, of thousands of books and um, over 45,000 authors on the platform. And um, so we're that, going after. Mm -hmm. Is that bingebook.com? Bingebooks. Dot com books yeah com. okay there binge we go. Book com. yeah and we we support binging like you binge on netflix or you binge on something else we want you to binge on books so you can easily read the opening chapters of books and just jump from opening chapter to opening chapter until you find one you like and then we're not a retailer we're not you know you can then click on whatever your favorite retailer is and buy it directly from them is the artificial intelligence going to like you know, take a look at what I'm constantly reading and give me suggestions and stuff like that? Yeah. So right now, this is our MVP product. So we're launching Binge Books. Um, this is version 1.0. But Marlo, who is our artificial intelligence, um, so she currently reads a book and knows everything there is to know about it. So she will become a um, super book recommendation engine and come over on the Binge Books side. And so uh, it won't be so much that she'll be like, oh, Chris, I've noticed you're reading whatever. It'll be more like, you can be like, hey, I really love this book. I really love the Da Vinci Code. What's a book that's similar to it? And she can tell you not based on metadata 
or sales activity, she can, she can look through all of the books that she's read in a millisecond and say, this book is 92% or 98% similar to the Da Vinci Code in terms of story arc and pacing and violence level or, you know, um, content. So that's, this is pretty cool. Um, yeah, that's going to be the future of book discovery. And we're really excited to be at the forefront of it. Maybe you can get Amazon to buy you out or something. Well, like that. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Amazon bought Goodreads, and I'm not. I'm not sure that was the best for their for the user experience. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, they tend to do that. Uh, that's kind of how they work. <laughs> they tend to buy the good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The um, we'll say that. Uh, but no, this is really exciting. You know, it's it's funny because I have Grammarly. Whenever I type something, it always yells at me. You type like a fourth grader, and I'm like, yeah, I I went. You know. Yeah, me too. You're in good company. Grandma oh, doesn't oh, like my seriously? Come on, you're a prolific writer. Yeah. <laughs> no way. The uh, yeah, it's and it swears at me. It's like a, you know, are you an idiot? And did you go to public school or something? And I'm like, uh, yeah, I did. And there, it's like, yeah, we can tell. And I'm like, geez, I I pay for this. I, mean, <laughs> I pay for this. I pay for these insults. Yeah. You know, what, you know what you should do is get that AI instead of you know measuring the arc of an author's arc of the book and the and their plot line. You should get it for people in real life. You can measure the arc of their life, you know, whether it's like uh, going sadness or like, uh, <laughs> like it looks at your credit score and your you you tragedy. And, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because, because Chris Voss is a Greek tragedy. Yeah. He's about to be felled yeah. any moment by, I don't know, whatever. His pacing is way too slow. So, yeah, you need uh, more twists and turns. There you go. So do you see your next book uh, as being in the same suspension genre or are you going to go back to romance? My next book is done. It's uh, it's already delivered to the publishers, so I can answer that. Um, it's about a serial killer in Be Beverly Hills. So it's definitely um, a suspense. It's a psychological suspense um, that'll come in the summer. So one one good lie is what it's called. So yeah, yeah. that's the Does next Does it kill any of the Kardashians? It doesn't kill any of the Damn. Kardashians. Sorry, <laughs> but uh, between now and then, I'll pu I'll publish a romance novel. Um, in the meantime, so. So let me ask you this: How often do you write books? I mean, you you're doing a lot of writing, I guess. I do a lot of writing, not as much as I used to though, because we are doing so much with the company. But um, I used to write three to four books a year. Now I'm down to one to two. Um, and I normally in a normal world, yeah, I'm almost continually, it's so funny. Cause like you meet people out and they're like, Oh, what do you do? I'm writing. They're like, Oh, are you going to write another book? And I'm thinking, yeah, <laughs> uh, cause, uh, I need to pay my mortgage. So yes. Um, <laughs> but, uh, we, I'm almost, con I'm continually in some sort of book development process. So I'm either editing or writing. Um, so right now I'm in post edits um, and I'm thinking I've got to start writing soon. So yeah, I'll be in, um, I'm going through all of my ideas now to figure out what I'm going to write next. Are you like a, like I know George Carlin uh, comedian and a couple different comedians, they take, they keep notes. They like have <laughs> just files and files of notes. Is that usually the way you approach it where you have multiple things cooking or do you try and focus on one thing or uh, how do you go about your, your wares? So I have pieces of paper, scraps of paper, backs of cardboard boxes. I mean, a lot of times you get an idea at like a really weird time. And a lot of my ideas I get at night, right? Like I'll wake up in the middle of the night because I've had a dream. And you know how you're, you want to get back to that world because it was yeah. so vivid and interesting. And um, 
a funny story. One time I woke up and I was like, oh my gosh, like the dream I just had is going to be like the next great Pulitzer Prize winning novel, right? Like I must write this down, right? And I like, I keep a pad of paper and a pen but beside my um, bed just for this. So I wrote down, you know, my idea and uh, I went to bed like, man, nailed it. Like, you know, future fame and fortune coming in the morning. And it's in the morning when I woke up, I was laying there for a minute. I was like, oh, I had like a great idea last night, you know? So I reached over and I got my pad of paper and it was like one sentence that I'd written. And it was like, um, she, uh, like her car breaks down um, on the side of the road with Brian. And I was like, um, with Brian, her dog. And then I wrote, Brian is a veterinarian and I underlined veterinarian like four times. Like that was the crowning idea that would break through everything. It doesn't make any sense. Like her dog's a veterinarian and I don't know what breaking down the side of the road had to do with anything, but that at the middle of the night, I thought was like, wow, you know, I, I don't know where I was going with that. But um, normally my very best ideas come when I'm in the middle of another book. Of course, it's like this siren call that tries to distract you and pull you away from the book. And that is like the kiss of death for authors. Like we have to stick to what we're doing. So normally when I get some great idea, I give myself one afternoon. I'll, I'll say, you know, Alessandra, you have three or four hours that you can, you know, play with this new idea. And I'll write down a few scenes and of some plot ideas. And then I stick it in a drawer and I don't look at it again um, until I'm in a position like now. And now's the funnest time because I can go through all those ideas and say, oh, this is what I should do. Or this would be, you know, this is trending in the market right now. This would be a great time for me to write this book or, or that. So it's fun. It's pretty interesting. Does your family see much of you? <laughs> no. <laughs> My family's been so great, man. I don't, this really came out of nowhere. Like my husband wasn't expecting to marry an author, right? We were married for um, four or five years before I started writing. And um, this is now my life is completely different, you know, than it was when we met. But, um, but they're sort of, you know, now they're used to like, we'll be in the middle of conversation and I'll like sprint away and they won't see me. And they're like, oh, okay. She must've gotten an idea or something <laughs> like that. And their support systems. Cause a lot of times I'll lock myself away. I'm like, I have four days till this deadline. So we're talking, you know, 16 hour days and I cannot do anything. Wow. So they bring me food and they leave me alone and they make sure that I'm still alive every couple of hours. Um, and then, but they, they leave me be and they answer, they take my phone and they answer my calls and, um, <laughs> and, and they're great. Yeah, they're great. But you need that support system, you know, yeah. it's a, it's a lonely, it's a lonely business, you know. It's, it sounds like some of the COVID in-house cases that I've had with friends who've gotten COVID and they have family oh, and they have to food. isolate in a room and yeah. you slide the food under the door. <laughs> you're just like, Hey, can you, we just get some confirmation of life. Yeah. Some, uh, validation you okay? in your life. You okay. Is this, I, ever since I've gotten older, I start taking more naps. And so every time someone calls me, they're like, Hey, are you, are you still alive, man? It's the middle <laughs> of the day. And I'm like, yeah, I just took a nap. I'm old, man. Like, Come on, man. And then COVID's made it worse because you you have the COVID sleep. Yeah. I don't know if you have the COVID insomnia, but sometimes, mm -hmm. sometimes I think subconsciously you're worrying about crap, but you mm -hmm. feel kind of, you're like, I'm fine, but I can't figure out why I sleep. And of course, one of my recent things is I get on TikTok and start watching videos and then 
five minutes turns into four hours. That's really cool that you've you've got this down. Um, what, what do you uh, what, what do you have any goals long term as an author? Like to get the fifty novels or hundred or I don't know. Um, my goal is just to get to a point where I can write. Right now, I write typically three books for my audience mm. and then one passion book for me. And that passion book, I have zero expectations. I, I don't care if I sell a single copy. It's just a book that I need to write and I want to write and I, and I write it for me. So I want to get to a point where I, all of my books can be like that, where I can mm. just write books, you know, um, and write, you know, one to two books or two to three <laughs> books a year and just write the, the stories that I really want to tell. Um, so so that's my goal. But honestly, I've hit so many of my, um, you know, I wanted to hit the New York Times list and I hit that and I wanted to be in certain countries and I've had that and I've had a movie. So I've really been really blessed and which is why I've been able to really kind of step away from books a little bit to focus on this, you know, this other business, which it, but it reminded me, I was, it was two o'clock in the morning. I was going through books, fantasy books, which isn't a genre I read to find different things to spotlight on bingebooks.com. And, and I was just like, man, I love books. Like it just reminded me, like, I love looking at covers. I love reading descriptions. Um, I like, you know, diving into excerpts and it's just such a great industry and it's full of such great people that I'm just lucky. I feel lucky to be a part of it. I hope you like books because you've written 20 <laughs> plus of them. So there yeah. you go. What's uh, We're going to be ta tagging you in a lot of different media that we put out across Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. We're pretty prolific on multiple accounts. Um, mm -hmm. What's what's one thing that, to, and I'm sure your readers will see it and they'll be like, hey, I want to find uh, what's going on with our my favorite author today. Um what, what are some, what, what's one thing that maybe uh, you wish more of your readers knew about you? Well, most of the readers don't know anything about what I do outside of writing. So they don't know that I teach online courses and they don't know about the author community and they don't know about binge books and authors AI. So, but, um, but from a, a more personal side of things, um, I'd say, um, I, a lot of what, a lot of what I do is, is pretty, um, I'm self-taught, so I'm not, um, I feel like I'm a reader. That's, that's really how I feel like I am. So a lot of, um, a lot of my day to day is just around books and reading. And, um, I live in, I'm lucky enough to live in Key West. I love, I love this city and I love this town and I have a lot of readers that reach out if they're coming here and they're looking for recommendations and food. Um, but I try, um, we try to get out on the water and I have chickens and three dogs and we just have a very, um, busy and crazy life. But I wouldn't take it, you know, I wouldn't have it any other way. So it's awesome. How do you keep the chickens for the dogs from eating the chickens? That's what I always wanted. Let me tell you what it was <laughs> in a, when we have two, we had three small dogs and then we um, had a Rottweiler that we adopted and it was a bad, like we just had to take it. It wasn't, you know, an option. And I was like, what am I going to do with these chickens? Cause at the time they were babies. And I'm like, that Rottweiler is going to eat those chickens. Um, and he, she, she, I always call her, he, um, she now is so good. That chicken will, she'll be gnawing on a bone and the chicken comes over and pecks at the bone and tries to take it and she'll growl, but that dog will not touch that chicken. 
Um, so it took some time. It took a lot of us having her on a leash and telling her no and you know, whatever, but we actually hired a pet communicator, which is like, she can talk to animals. Um, thanks to, thanks to the internet, anybody you can find online and they can call you and Skype and you can meet with them. And, uh, and she talked to all of our dogs and to our chickens. And, uh, we said to her, because at the time, one of our chickens was having babies and was oh, wow. sitting on the eggs and it was like any day we're going to have baby chicks. And I thought, Oh no, whiskey's going to go after these chicks. You know, she's fine with our hens now because they're big and fat and whatever. And, uh, so the psychic said to whiskey, I said, please tell whiskey, you know, she can't mess with the babies. And so the psychic said, whiskey said, I'm not going to mess with the chickens. They have little personalities. And she's oh. like, I don't, I don't eat things that have personalities. That's what our Rottweiler said to the psychic. So, um, and she never did from the day those babies were born. Um, she just stayed, she came over and sniffed one time and the hen flew up and pecked her in the nose. And at that point she was like, okay, I'll stay away from you. <laughs> do you put these videos on your Instagram account? This would be, be killer content. <laughs> this is killer content. Anytime yeah. you see like an animal, you know, different animal interacting with another animal, it should probably be eating it in the for natural world order. Um, the Key West is supposed to be really beautiful. I've never been out there, but I've always wanted to go out there. I think there's still that bogey museum. I'm a big bogey fan. What's uh, bogey? Uh, uh, Humphrey Bogart. I think there's a Humphrey oh, Bogart uh, uh, yeah. hotel or something out uh -huh. there. That you I go don't to. know. I haven't. I yeah. haven't heard of that. But somewhere it's down the that coolest town. Yeah, it Florida really area. is. <laughs> yeah, it's a group of sailors and treasure hunters and drunks, basically. <laughs> but uh, it's an eclectic. There. Yeah, a lot of authors. <laughs> a lot of. It's funny. Everyone I meet, they're like, "What do you do?" I'm like, "Oh, I write books." Oh, me too. You know. So. Oh wow. Yeah, so there are a lot of a lot of authors in this community. Well, this will be cool. Yeah, I mean, you're just doing so many wonderful things between the authors AI, the binge books. I got, I'm going to go check out binge books again on there. You set up a profile and everything on there, just like yeah. you know, a social thing. Mm -hmm. This will be pretty awesome. And uh, automated intelligence AI is pretty pretty astounding. All the different things that it does. So uh, before we go, anything more? Do you want to tell us who dies at the end of your book? Every last I secret can't or tell you uh, that. darn it. <laughs> I try to sneak it in there, readers. I'm trying try to get it. To. But try. It, yeah, it's it's available now. Audiobook, ebook, paperback, yeah. and I think the audiobook's only like two dollars if you buy the ebook or something crazy. Really? So, wow. Yeah. Um, I haven't listened to it yet. That's a confession. If you um, author confession, nothing's more painful than listening to your own audiobook. Um, so especially if you're a romance author, that's like you might as well just bury yourself in a hole. But, um, but yeah, I hope, I hope anyone listening checks it out. It's every last secret and it's a, like you said, a R Tory. There you go. Dude, do, do we get a .com in there? So people can look you up sure. on the interwebs? ARTory.com. There you go. Uh, well, everyone, check it out. You know, one of the things, biggest complaints I've had on the show is we've had too many political books on the show um, and politics. So check out the book because you can read There's something that isn't politics. about yeah. Washington, D.C. and politics and crap. I get that complaint all the time. People are like, have more novelists on. I'm like, I'm trying. I'm trying. But uh, so uh, wonderful book. And this is, of course, a great time where politics are kind of waning off and, you know, people can read. We something. can finally focus on other stuff. Yeah, yeah, man. Killing other people or whatever happens in the book, uh, uh, you know, uh, Lots jealousy. of backstabbing. The backstabbing. Yeah. <laughs> the backstabbing is always the best. Anyway, guys, uh, check out the book. I certainly appreciate you for being on with us and sharing the wonderful stuff uh, today. Uh, thank you for being on.
Absolutely. Thank you for having me. And thanks to my audience. If you want to watch the video version of this, go to youtube.com, Fortune's Chris Voss. Hit that bell notification button. Go to goodreads.com, uh, Fortune's Chris Voss. You can see all the books we're reviewing and reading over there, different things we're interacting with on the, uh, on the book side of things and then you can go to facebook.com fortune the chris foss show you can follow the page and also you can just search a bunch of the groups there's like three or four of them uh linkedin of course is the big chris foss show on linkedin as well on the company page thanks for tuning in we'll see you guys next time